Hey, welcome to a new episode of our Premier League podcast for, from uh, Real Monkey Studios. It's me, Tony. And Andrew. And we're speaking about week 10 of the Premier League this week. And we're starting off with... Palace versus Newcastle. Now, this game ended 2-0 to Newcastle, which was a very surprising, surprising end. <laughs> <laughs> very surprising. Like, you were the only one to predict Newcastle to actually come out with anything here. Uh, you thought you thought they were going to win, and pretty much the rest of us thought either a draw or Palace. You you were the only one to think that Newcastle would actually win it, and that is a bit of a surprise. Um, very late goals though. It was it, it was a very equal goal. Like most of the game, you look at it, Palace were in most control. You look in the first half, I think Newcastle only managed to have about one shot or something like that. Wasn't much. Um, there there was some good goalkeeper displays was, here though. Darlow had a very good game. Like there were some shots there which you would have thought normally on a normal day, they would have gone in. Yeah. Like, with the position of where they were and the power that was put on them, but Darlow just had a solid game to on that day. Yeah, a really good game from Darlow. Um, it was enough for getting Newcastle uh, the win. Realistically, I would say yeah. Yes, there was player uh, Wilson and Joe Linton got the goals from Newcastle, but I would say Darlow actually was the player that got Newcastle the win with that because realistically it could have gone anywhere. Palace definitely had their chances to score, and Darlow just had a good game and kept Palace at bay for the day. Well, for the night, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously going to be a little bit different coming up to the follow to the new weekend with Newcastle having lots of covid uh they've now had their game postponed with Aston Villa so maybe that's going to affect their form coming into new into the new weeks afterwards and the build up to christmas so it'd be interesting to see how they do when they do return whenever that is um but palace i thought played well just very unlucky realistically there and with that, we go into the next game. Now, would you say this one was unlucky? So, we had Brighton versus Liverpool, which ended on 1-1. Now, there were some VAR decisions in here that was, are very there was a iffy. Lot, yeah, there's a lot of choice, choices here, which you look at. Like, there's the penalties that, to be honest, Brighton had two penalties. They converted... Yeah, they missed the first one so badly. It's it, just... You know what? He's tried to put it in the corner and he's gone too far. But he's dragged his foot with it. Um, I, th- I think he went... I think he was aiming for the corner but added far too much power than he needed to. If he just had it placed, he would have scored because Alisson went in the complete opposite direction. So he wasn't going to save it. So just poor from the Brighton player uh, from... Uh, I think it was... I believe it was Mope. Um but, <laughs> Either way, you can I think say, a very good point for Brighton here. It is a very, it's a crucial point for Brighton just to keep that to keep Liverpool at bay at the moment. Yeah. But on the other side, you can say it's unlucky for Liverpool because Liverpool had chances. They were through on goal many times. There was they had disallowed goal. There was disallowed goal. VAR saying that there was, it must have been millimeters offside. It didn't look offside to me when they showed the replay. It was it was I, a small amount, but still you. If they've called it as offside, you're offside. Oh, yeah, if they've called it, I'm not... 
I'm not going to argue it. I just would love to see how close it was. Um, but obviously the, the penalty that Brighton equalised with, a lot of people are saying that it shouldn't have been counted. Welbeck wasn't calling for it. I'm, I'm glad it got counted because you can guarantee at some point in the season... It's going to happen the same opposite way. It's going to happen for Liverpool. They're going to have the exact same thing happen whether this incident happened or not, and everyone will be complaining. Now, because it's happened against Liverpool, not a lot of people are complaining uh, in terms of the fact that it happened to Liverpool, though a lot of people are happy that it did. Liverpool fans and players, though, on the other hand, are fuming. Obviously, they've had a crammed schedule so far. The Klopp was very upset, wasn't he, with the 12.30 kick-off. Um, when they got the draw in the after-match um, interview, he he wasn't very nice to the representative from BT, was he? Uh, <laughs> he was frustrated about the result, but I think anyone... The fixtures are there on how they are done. Like They all worked through... the Your squad, put it this way, squad should be big enough to handle... The, the workload. The workload for it itself. And that's I can understand them being to. tired. But, but you gotta think injuries as well, yes, they don't have a proper they don't have a full back four at the moment with some of their players being injured. Yeah, but, but that wasn't a problem last week. Exactly. Like so, you can't even they can't even have a go about but You think it's as if he thinks he can do it week in, week out with the same team and there's not gonna be a problem. It's not gonna work. <laughs> it's not gonna work like that. And Realistically, we're at a point of, uh, we're at this point where VAR is just getting scrutinised and scrutinised. Realistically, I think we're at a point where VAR is actually starting to be more consistent with what it's deciding now. It's not always what everyone wants to see, but it's actually being consistent in what it's doing. And obviously, we're going to see that going forward for quite a while. And I, I don't see it going out of the game. But I would like to see, like I said, with the offside, I would love to see how close it was because the pictures that I've seen, I didn't think showed me how close it really was. So, yeah, that that's where we are with that. But then we go to Man City 5, Burnley nil. This exactly shows the Man City that we should have been seeing all season in... This is they this, are ruthless, yeah. they get the chances in, and they convert them critically. Hmm. So, this game was unlucky not to be six. Yeah, I was about to say, he again, could have been six. Again, VAR caught, but he was, he, he was he offside. offside. He was a lot clearer offside than the... Yeah, um, you can see it on the camera angle where he is just in front of where the defender was. But on this side, it is Burnley. Like They are known for being... They're one of those but teams. Burnley are a very physical side, and in this side, no, sorry, in this match, I did not see that physical Burnley side that we've known to see over the years. This year, Burnley is so they're just completely lacking what we've seen from them in recent years. I think they're in big trouble this year uh, of potentially going down. Now they weren't one of the teams I'd think would do so at the start of the season. Part of me thinks they're going to pick it up. But at the moment, they are not looking good at all. They might have got a win last week. But how much of that was a fluke? Because right now, 
this this result showed is that one exactly what Man City can do, but half of me thinks it's because we we've seen such a lackluster Burnley at the moment, and Man City have just taken dominance on it, and Riyad Mahrez had. Well, brilliant game I was just Hat- about to Hat-trick. go on to <laughs> like one play to pick out of this game Mahrez like he with his shots that he had he was precise and critical of all of them there were there was some great finishing by him in it itself but it itself it is the how we would want them to and I think with one of his last goals itself it was a cross in from Phil Foden who had just come on the pitch, and that was his like first contribution to it. He put a perfect cross in for Morris to finish it, and it was a good way to finish off that game for it. It's saying that it's that old phrase of kill the game off. To be fair, I think they killed it off at two now. <laughs> Burnley weren't getting back into there. They're, they're one of the lowest scoring sides in the league at the moment. So as soon as City had scored two, I didn't really think... Burnley were going to get anything out of that game and we all predicted City winning this match just 5-0 was not what we predicted like Nathan he put 1-0 and that's solely because of how poor City have been in recent weeks and how physical we know Burnley are I put 2-0 for very similar reasons I think I a just lot of thought, us put about that 2-0 yeah, we all it. were a mixture of 2 and 3 nils other than Nathan's 1-0 and City just went and absolutely did what we've seen them do in the past um, win with swagger essentially but half of it I think is just because of how poor Burnley are this year and now we go to the next game which was the evening game for Saturday uh, just before the last uh, last game in the Saturday evening which was Everton versus Leeds now none of us got this right 1-0 to Leeds. Cracking goal. For, <laughs> for him to get that, because I think that was actually, that's his first goal. Um, Rafinha for Leeds itself, which, to be honest, it's a great low-driven shot into the corner itself. Completely caught Pickford off. It did. Which is what we've said before about Everton. We think Pickford will be essentially a player that will be a part of the downfall for Everton this season on how well they started it and in this game if I'm honest I think he was he did some great saves in the game no there's no doubt on that uh, there was a few games one point where he got caught off guard yeah it was it was the one point but as a goalkeeper he should be ready from that far distance and for it to go into the opposite corner of the goal I I think Pickford should have done better, but I'm not going to take it away from Rafina. Really, really smart finish. Um, I think Leeds deserved it in the end because after that goal, they, they were really on, on yeah. to Everton. Um, Leeds keeper as well made some really good saves in that one as well, just to keep him it. Because there were some times where you thought Everton are going to get in there. But to most of that game, they were very even. Like it was, it was. I think it was even up until it was end to end football until that goal went in. I think I think it was very even until that goal because afterwards it very felt felt like it was Leeds going for it, and I thought that we're going to get a second. If I'm very honest with you, but if Jamie said at the very start of the season he thinks Leeds are here to stay, this was the kind of performance that I think proved that. Because they, they just went for it and they did it. And 
one nil was all oh, what get your points sometimes, and champions get one nil a lot of the time. A lot of results that um, Liverpool got last year were one nils, uh, such as a game of uh, that they had away last season, Sheffield United. So we know how much a one nil can do, and. I've got no doubt in me that Leeds will be staying up this season. Where they end up, I don't know. I'm not uh, like I said. I know I've said one nil about champions. I'm not saying Leeds are going to be in that process. Not a chance. Not this season, at least. But I could see them knocking on the door for a Europa League spot at the moment. I think they'll be very close to it, which was very far from where I predicted them, but very close to where Jamie predicted them at the start of the season. And with this, we now go to the next game. So we've got West Brom versus Sheffield United. So this was the final game for Saturday. Now, this is where Jamie actually got the result bang on. He was the only one to predict West Brom to win 1-0. Uh, everyone else either went with a 1-0 for Sheffield United, like uh, me and you did, Andrew, and... Uh, Ollie, Nathan and Z all went with a draw. So Ollie went 0-0 and Nathan and Z both went with 1-1. Now, to me, this yes, it didn't go to the side that I thought would do it, Sheffield. But this game went exactly how I thought it would. I thought it was going to be quite tight, low scoring, possibly a 0-0 with maybe a team to nick it at the very last uh, with a 1-0. Which team I didn't couldn't really predict. I just thought it was going to be Sheffield because they they due, they were due they due points at the moment. Uh, they're not playing very well, but in the way it didn't go where I predicted, it's the fact that West Brom scored it so early on. It was the thirteenth minute <laughs> from it. I think it was from a set piece. I believe I think it was from a header or something like that where it went in. But I generally thought this was going to be a game where Sheffield might get because they've had a, a a string of results where. It just hasn't gone their way. And when they've shown they do have that attacking premise to go forward, but again, they're still missing that final the, that final the last, 10% to yeah. get it into the net. Um, they're running at 90 at all points, uh, but they've not got that final 10 to make yeah, it, it kind 100%. Of like all, all their work's been done at the back of the pitch. So, like... There so much effort is being done on defending and trying to keep keep play teams out. Like in this one, like it's one one, it's one nil for them. It's very unfortunate for them. Like you would have thought this would have been something Sheffield could have got a point out of it. If, if that. yeah, I I very much thought it would be a point going to reach. Even though I did put a Sheffield United one nil on my prediction. I still thought there was potential for both of them to get points. And realistically, if it wasn't for that early goal, uh, which was a fantastic finish uh, by, I think it was Gallagher who scored it, absolutely fantastic finish. But other than that, I generally think it would have just stayed 0-0. There were, there were some good shots and some decent keeping, but there wasn't anything... That, outstanding. Yeah, there was no real outstanding efforts that would have made it. One nil to to a team or in two nil in the in the respect for West Brom. So I think it's a it's a well deserved point for West Brom. Uh, it's exactly what they need to keep them afloat to stay alive in the Premier League because obviously they've just got promoted back to the Premier League. Their main aim this year will be to be staying up. 
Uh, but Sheffield United, they they want to stay up again, but I don't think it's happening at any time soon. They need to get these wins in soon, and I don't see it happening no. at all. Going on so. to the first game of Sunday, which was a very... This is a, a game wild game. Two halves, a game of two halves <laughs> for this one. Very much so. So, Southampton and Man United. So, we've... We have all heard the scoreline for this match because they couldn't keep the headlines away, realistically. Southampton 2, Man United 3. So Southampton went 2-0 up in the first half. Um, very much deservedly so. They had some good goals. Fantastic Ward-Prowse uh, free kick. I was going to say, it's, it's something that... I know the commentators have said, it's a classic James Ward-Prowse appearance. Yeah. He's, both goals have come from set pieces. First one from a pinpoint corner onto... From Ward-Prowse. From Ward-Prowse <laughs> onto... Um, Badurek. Bagnarek. That's it. Heads. And just, it's gone over, it's just gone over to hit twist. Not a lot of keepers can stop that bit where it's just literally come over and it's literally glided with, with off. How, with how quick it happened, yeah, you're the not Gea wouldn't have a chance. You literally saw the Gea mouth... That he was annoyed. Yeah. He, you couldn't hear what he said, but you could. If you could read it, you definitely could read what he said when that went in. Um, but the second goal, it's a great what free, a free kick. It's, it's the free kicks that as a player that you would got dream a hand of. On it. The hair got a hand on it. He's still not stopping but it. But yeah, he needed to really scoop that one out. But the only thing he did scoop was smacking his knee on the post. Yeah, and that looked painful. It would have been. He would have been sore that morning after put it that way. Yeah. Um. But then again, at half time, had to be subbed off. Obviously, it was giving him a bit too much pain for then. But it was um, good to see Dean Henderson. Dean actually. Henderson, Premier League appearance for us. Second half, um, clean sheet, which is what you want to see, and a great tactical change to then bring on Edison Cavani. Yeah. So who, at half time, I I group chat during this match. I I was getting so annoyed. Because in the first half, there was promising pieces where we could have scored. But I literally said, we need to bring Cavani on, didn't I? And in literally half-time, he bought him on. And I was like, if this works out, I feel like I'm the boss here. Straight away, not very long into it, he gets his assist. Crosses it's... it in, straight on Bruno's feet. And a very easy goal for him. He's tapping it in near enough. All he did was pass it into that box. Which is all you need to do. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. Um, but and then his headers are brilliant. It's You can say it's the headers. It's finding the space in the box to make those headers. Like You look at his movement around it, like that first one. It's come out off a... I think it was a corner. It came out. They're positioning himself back up. Cavani's the only one who's still in that box. And he's yeah. then looking for that runner and then gets... It only it's needs, Bruno who... Yeah, Bruno sends it, it in. in. It's the slightest header, but that's all you need just to put it into the right angle. Just guiding it. He, he didn't really have to put much power on it because there was that much whip on it from the ball that came in. All he had to do was place it, essentially, because the power, is he's just deflecting it off. Yeah. Um, and then... That winning one. The second one, which <laughs> it was... Pretty much similar style, but just from the opposite side, really. You've got Rashford well, with it. Well, the ball in was from a different position. Yeah, it's literally on the side, right side. When Cavani got his first goal, that was very much central where the ball came from. Whereas 
for his second goal, the winning one, in the the dying minutes, that was very much on the on side. on the wing near enough. Yeah, and um, it's a great ball from Rashford to then put in, so that yeah. he can score and make those assisting passes as well, which was great. But you could just see the passion and the relief off their faces when they got that second goal, and just to then hold it off for the last bit of it, because yeah. it was the ninety second minute that ball went in. The, like, the performance from Cavani was very much, and a lot of people have said this as well because I saw it messaged quite a lot on Twitter uh, after the game. But it was it felt very much like Van Persie when in his first season for United um, when we won the league. He obviously had that game against Southampton very early on into his United career, where he just bossed it. He absolutely bossed it. Cavani's had to do that in one half. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, with that, there's an interesting stat for that because there's, um, as you said, Robin Van Persie against Southampton, come back to a win. Um, You have Ibrahimovic, similar situation where um, he's done that comeback and had his win against Southampton. And then finally we've got Edison Cavani doing... It seems to be something where we bring in quality strikers where their game where they show or they prove that they still have it is Southampton. They love the game. Yeah. We love a game against Southampton with a new striker itself. It, it, it was good to see that I was, I was getting so annoyed, to be fair, in that first half because, like I said, there was promising bits, but we just didn't. We just didn't put on it because uh, McCarthy for Southampton had a very he had a poor great first half. No, I thought he had a poor game, but good game at the same time because he dropped some clangers. And realistically, South Southampton could have conceded at least three goals in the first half, mainly to McCarthy issues. Luckily, he saved himself. The main the main one in hand is where he passed it out and it pretty much went straight into uh straight to Greenwood I believe it was, um so he he saved himself in the first half but second half he was very much punished for any mistake he possibly made, though to be fair, he, he didn't make that many in the second half it was just a case of the shots were there for uh, and he wasn't able to get to them, um with that, uh, so we went from. 3-2 to United, complete game of two halves, to Chelsea versus Spurs ending 0-0. So, very even game between Very, them. very even. So, Nathan's the only one out of us lot to get points here. He predicted a 2-2 draw. So, he got a draw right, but not the scoreline. Uh, everyone pretty much went with a fair few goals except for me. I went with a 1-0 uh, to Spurs. I, I generally thought this was going to be, um, like the West Brom Sheffield United, I thought this was going to be very low scoring and possibly just 1-0 nick at the end. And I thought it would be Spurs that would go on top in this. To be fair, I couldn't have been more right in terms of how the game was going, but I think Chelsea would have been the team to nick nick the one nil win at the end if there was going to be any of them. Yeah, you could you could kind of see that one coming for it is because they were very much in control. They had like there was a chance from Ziyech where he totally missed it. Like came to him, all he had to do was get it on target for it because he was in the right position for it, and he had then absolutely scored. You saw it on his reaction afterwards. He literally. Hand over his mouth, and it's like he was just in total shock that he's messed that up so badly. 
Um, but you've had chances on both sides for him. Like Tottenham had their fair few chances, but in this, it was just the keepers having great games. Like Lloris had a go game. Mendy for Chelsea, he's been a great signing for them. Yeah, I, to sort out that you know whole what? issue would... to get Kepper out. You know what? I would say he's been their best signing. They've had some good signings this season, and I was slating Chelsea a lot for their defensive issues. Uh, at the start of the season, I was believing they wouldn't fix it, and I still, I still don't fully believe their defense is strong enough to carry on doing what they're doing right now. I just, even with Thiago Silva, such a prolific defender, and has done it in a few, in obviously the Italian league and the French league, uh, but I still don't think it's enough. But Mendy has been that change. I think if they were keeping Kepper in the in the in between the sticks right now, they would be conceding every game still. Whereas Mendy is enough to get that clean sheet every game. He's possibly going to be their next Petr Cech. I I can honestly see that right now. I might be giving him a lot more praise than he's deserved uh, deserving I... right now, but for me, he has changed Chelsea. He he has been that change that they needed. And realistically, that was the change that Chelsea needed to be to change from a good attacking side who got the wins with a lot of goals but sometimes just conceded very stupid goals and basically lost the games because of it. He he's changed them from that to a team that could challenge this season to the title. I say that very reluctantly, um, but I'm very honest. Uh, being very honest, I do think Chelsea could start challenging this season for the title. It's still early days; anyone could. Um, but they are up there, and they've got they've got a chance uh, to go against. Because uh, obviously, the main the main teams going for the title this season, realistically, when you look at the table right now, would be Chelsea, Spurs, and Liverpool. They're, when you look at the table right now, they'd be your main ones you'd think of. Obviously, you've got your Man City and Man United who have got games in hand just below, uh, just behind them. Obviously, Villa's quite high up this season with a game in hand as well. I can't see Villa staying very high up here in the table throughout the rest of the season. Villa are 10th at the moment. But, uh, they were higher than that before the, the before game Before the weekend, started, they were. But... Um, so you've got to think of it like that. But, honestly, uh, I think it was a fair result. Um, I do wish Spurs had won it. Uh, just just for the mere fact that, uh, like I say, I'm not a Chelsea fan whatsoever. That's just being biased. Uh, it, is very, <laughs> it is very biased. But, no, this is... Obviously, if, we're, if United aren't going to go on to the title, which I don't believe we're going to this season, I want it to be Spurs who's going to do that. And that's where we're at. So... That leads us to Arsenal versus Wolves. So the last game of the last Sunday. game of Sunday, as you just said, it's it started in a a very sorrow state for it because it was there a, was a very very bad start to the game. So and you have Jimenez third, third minute in. Get oh, Jimenez clashing heads but, with David Luiz. David Luiz, in a way, you can say is lucky not to have a same injury itself. Potentially, yeah, because there was such a fud. Like Louise, 
went for it, like to go for the ball. But yeah. There is no foul play in this. No, it's it's a general and attempt to get the ball, but poor Jimenez. He's he's so he's so unfortunate to come out like he has. Like he was completely knocked out instantly. He at the floor, and I think a lot of the players were very worried. You can and see David Louise. David Louise was very upset. You could tell. He wanted to still continue, even though realistically, he probably shouldn't have. The Arsenal had Arsenal have got some very very good. Um, health experts and medical experts and stuff and they said he could continue obviously at half time he came off um, but uh, I genuinely believe that Luis probably should have gone and subbed off at the same time uh, as Jimenez like Jimenez obviously has been confirmed since to have a fractured skull and he this is, this is well though that's the main thing he, he is but if you remember a few years back Ryan Mason he had a headbutt uh, head injury from the Chelsea when it was Chelsea versus Hull uh, after he clashed heads with John Terry that was Ryan Mason's last game for Hull he had to retire afterwards realistically if Jim yes they're saying Jim is healing well at the moment but if his injury is as bad as that was realistically we could be looking at him and possibly lo- has lost his career very possibly he's about to have to retire be forced to retire and this is something that in terms of what the media have been like this season uh, compared to when you compare this to the Van Dyke Pickford situation Van Dyke will play again it's a bad injury that he had but that had so much press so so much press for a knee injury head injuries are much much more serious there could be a lot of health implications that come from this in the future. Realistically, that that's where we're at. It, it is it's that bad. And where was the media shouting for David Luiz to be getting nipped off and all the rest of it? Like we like we've said, it wasn't deliberate. There was no foul play in there. But Jimenez might lose his career because of this injury. And the media haven't kicked up a fuss too much on this when you compare it to the Van Dyke situation. And I think that's a lot of bias and it is very much the media only want to talk about the players they want to talk about. Van Dyke was one of the best players of the season last year. Obviously there will be a lot of talk on that. But Jimenez is still a very young striker, a young player who's potentially had an injury that could end his career and there's not been really much of a shout about it thing is and that could be terrible. down that could be down I to think the, the bias club. from the media I think that could be down to club though the club just be going we're letting him get on with it he is in hospital we will say nothing more about this to protect the player the player needs to be protected at the moment not yeah. have the fuss around it because if you imagine you're like you can't really imagine what he's going through at the moment because the type of injury that is there for mm. it but what he needs now is just for the support of the club and his family. That's all he needs. 100%. But the same would be said about when it was Van Dyke's injury. And Van Dyke's injury is nowhere near as bad, in my opinion. Head injury compared to uh, a knee injury, the head injury is a lot worse. Especially one that like that where it's fractured his skull. So uh, that's what I have to say on that incident. 
but if obviously, we go to the rest of the, the game, we actually go to the, talk about the rest of the match. It's a very good performance <laughs> from Wolves. This is two one. So, they Wolves did played, it for him. You can see their heart was like, we're doing this for him. I I don't know whether that is the case there, Andrew. As much as I want to say that is, but this was like watching Wolves last season. Wolves last year realistically could beat anyone. They were they were playing that well. They're they're attacking football and that was brilliant. And they got far in the Europa League as well because of it. They they were one of the teams that had the most amount of games last season, and that was because they were do, they were doing well and playing good football. And uh, like I said before, I always hate when we go against Wolves because they do bits to us. Uh, we might get results out of them, but they're a team that can do bits against us. And honestly, Arsenal suffered to Wolves this week because of how Wolves can play. And I, I for one, was really glad to see Wolves play like this again. Because we haven't seen Wolves play that well so far this season. And um, we've said that for a few weeks. But now now we've seen them do it again. And I, I really like seeing what, what we saw uh, on this match. Podence has finished though. To he, win it. It was it was a great it finish. It was touchdown, I think, that did it for me. Mm. It was really good control from Podence. And the finish was uh, straight in the bottom corner. And won them the game. Obviously, they still had... A whole other half to deal with, uh, where Arsenal realistically were. I think I would probably say Arsenal were the better team in the second half. But there's no well, point in trying to be the better team if yeah. you can't put it away. Yeah, and that's been one of their things this season where they're getting in chances, uh, but they can't finish. Like I think you look at the game they had the week before. Was it? I against... I think the best they game you finish. Can, I think the best game you can put in for Arsenal having a good game but couldn't finish is when they went against Man United. Obviously, they won 1-0, but that was only through a penalty. They had, they were the better team in that match. By far, not even by a small amount, but by a massive amount, they were the better team. But in open play, they couldn't score. They've got players like Aubameyang on the pitch. A prolific striker. He did it in the German League. He's come over here and has been doing really well in the Premier League. But this season, Arsenal, just in general, aren't getting a lot of outfield goals. And this could be, it could be a big trouble for Arteta in the long run, because if they if they continue like this, and not con uh, continue conceding goals, not scoring enough or outscoring opposition, he could be without a job a lot sooner than people were realizing, because at the end of last season, yeah, they won the FA Cup, but what else did they do? Because they didn't do much. In the league, was it eighth they finished in the end? Something uh, like that. But to be honest, they're it's... only in Europa League because they won the FA Cup. It's not; they're not having a good time at the moment. And evidently, on the pitch, when we're watching them, they're not. They're playing good football, but they're not finishing. And let's face it, Arsenal fan TV will make an uproar sooner or later where they want Arteta out, and I won't be surprised by it. Right, you look at it yourself, but to us, it's still uh, like we're coming up to the Christmas period. This is like the make or break point. I think we should wait after Christmas because then you'll see a good result on how this half the season has gone. Yeah, for it, it'll be interesting to see where teams are at that point because you've got a lot of teams where there's a lot of movement in things where teams have had good starts and then they've tried, they've 
lost ground like in some games like Everton's a great example for it they had a great start they yeah. were top of the table and then slowly they've lost their edge yeah. at the point so I think Arsenal may not be the sharpest edge right now but come the end of the season they could be a very sharp edge and they could find themselves more or less I would maybe say same position or a bit higher so maybe sixth or something like that for them but they've got to find some form of form in front of net yeah they've got they've got to get it in outfield play obviously they, they got a goal this week um Realistically, that was from a corner, wasn't it? Where they scored it from, I believe it was, because yeah, it was Gabriel. Um, but Arsenal, I think, are in trouble at the moment. But with that, that was Saturday, that was Saturday and Sunday's over. We then went to Monday night. We started off with Leicester versus Fulham. Now, this to me is I the surprise. Of, yeah, <laughs> this is the surprise of the weekend. We've all been writing off Fulham, like full on writing them off. We all went on this game with a Leicester win. I went 2-1, Jamie went 3-0, Ollie went 3-0, you, you and Nathan went 2-0, and Z went 3-1. So, out of that, only me and Z thought Fulham would get one goal. Hell, I got the result, but the wrong way around, in terms of the teams. You still got it wrong. Uh, but, yeah, I still got it wrong. But... Leicester were poor in that first. They were half. terrible. Like they got Leicester got their goal in the last four minutes. You cannot really against Fulham. They should have been getting that goal earlier on and looking to finish the game in the twentieth minute or ha- yeah. at half time. But no, you've got Fulham coming out with a great first half performance and yeah. scoring a penalty, which they've had <laughs> yeah, lots of trouble they with. Finally scored a penalty. <laughs> Uh, obviously, it was very dubious whether it was a penalty. Uh, they had to go to VAR. To be fair, I think it was definitely uh, a penalty when they looked it over, and I think the referee obviously chose the right decision. Um, but honestly, Leicester very yo-yo at the moment. Very very yo-yo. Like like I said last week, a few weeks back, we saw them absolutely thrash Man City, and right now we're not seeing that same performance from them. Um, I've got nothing more to really say other than well done to Fulham. You've it's got a, hard a massive three points there. For them and it is great to see that they finally have those points and it it just pushes them out of that renegation zone at the moment. So but you've still got they're still quite close down there. You don't know really what's gonna happen with it, but it's gonna be interesting to see how that bottom side of the table looks at uh, the end of New Year's for it. So yeah. see where we're at that point. And with that, we then go to the final game of the weekend, which was West Ham versus Aston Villa, which I think I actually got right with the score. Yeah, you and Jamie got this right, 2-1 to West Ham, and everyone else uh, did not go with that. So you had myself and Z went with 1-1, oh, so did Ollie, and Nathan went with a 3-2 Villa win. Now, let's be honest here. Villa easily could have got that result, uh, 3-2, but uh, Nathan predicted. They missed the penalty, um, which, Ollie Watkins, I'm really sorry, mate, but why did you put so much power on that? If you honestly had placed that just right in the bottom right corner, it would have been in. Uh, again, another another penalty missed, 
when it could have been an easy one. Going the right direction, uh, for away from the keeper, just too much power and it's caused it to miss. And then he was really unlucky when it was the offside in the final minute. They got yeah, an equaliser and VR ruled it off as, as offside and it, he I is think... it's very it's very, very minute again. Uh, but this one's a lot clearer for him being offside than um the thing it there was a big debate with this as well because they were saying, Oh yeah, he was offside but there was a point in the build up to that where he was actually being held. So it's a bit of controversy to say, Oh, was it offside? But he was getting fouled in the build up to that, which mm. is why he was then offside yeah. for it. But there's there's arguments to and from uh to and uh sorry. But either way I think it was a poor villa display in the end. Yeah, but say it was another strong West Ham performance then when you look at it then because yeah. West Ham scored straight, the second straight minute. away uh Ogbonna with a header and I tell you what, he jumps them to get that. He can jump. He <laughs> can jump. <laughs> that that was an unreal header. Um straight I, I couldn't believe how how high he was to get on the end of that in the end. Like I wouldn't be able to jump that high in my life. <laughs> Unreal uh, from our bonnet. But honest, honestly, I think West Ham were lucky with the second goal, though. Um, yeah, we're bad. It's, it depends which way you want to look at it. It's, it that that header literally could have gone anywhere. I it could have gone anywhere, but... <laughs> For Bowen, it went in the right area for him, which was yeah. the back of the net, which then... That did actually seal their victory for it, it itself, because it was only those two goals. Because from that point on, because that was 46th minute, from that point onwards, you've really got... You've got a few decisions where Villa could have equalised. They could have gone ahead. Yeah. But those decisions just went against them today. But next week, you could have... Well, Villa aren't playing, obviously, because yeah. of the Newcastle uh, COVID situation. situation. But, uh, but West Ham will be. I um, think this break will have a bit of a bad effect on their f- form. I think it has so far since returning from the international break. I think break, with so... Villa, it will give them an, the break they need just to get their heads sorted for the next game. Because with that, they need a little bit of a bit just to say, OK, what did we do, do wrong? What can we get right next time yeah. because penalties they need, they need to work on that they need to work <laughs> on that either get someone who they know can put them away like Grealish like McGinn like I'd even put Bartley on it if he was on the pitch Bartley, <laughs> Bartley's injured obviously at the yeah um, that's it if he's on the pitch but yeah. you need a bit of confidence Ollie Watkins he's still a young striker he has he's a still long good. way I'm to not, go I think this was just one of those games can, where he's just unlucky he can get better. That's the thing yeah. with that. And that's the best way to then look at that. Uh, definitely. And obviously with that, as we've said, uh, when we go on to next week's games, uh, we start it off uh, what would have been, I believe it was the, um, what would have been Friday night, would have been uh, Villa versus Newcastle. Obviously that has had to be postponed. Uh, so this week we actually start it off with Burnley at home to Everton uh, for the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday morning. That's on BT, followed by Man City versus Fulham, again on BT. 
uh, in the afternoon we've got uh, the 5.30 kickoff on Sky Sports, West Ham versus Man United and Chelsea versus Leeds at 8 o'clock. Then we go to Sunday and we have uh, a Sky Sports day uh, ending on Pro- on Amazon Prime. So it starts off with Sky Sports showing West Brom versus uh, Crystal Palace at 12. We then have Sheffield United versus Leicester versus at uh, 2.15. Uh, then we've got Spurs versus Arsenal. A big derby. derby. Can't wait. It's, it's <laughs> going to be massive. I... Personally, I think Spurs are going to really dominate in this match. It's going to be an interesting game to look at. Uh, obviously, we've said what we've said about Arsenal so far. Uh, I, I just generally think Spurs are going to be on it because they are playing like champions this season, in my opinion. Uh, and that's on Sky Sports. And like I said, we go to Amazon Prime to end the day at 7.15, Liverpool versus Wolves, which I think will also be a cracking game. Like like we said, Wolves Wolves are starting to look sharp uh, after that Arsenal appearance, and I think they're going to be looking even better. And obviously it's the first time Jota's going to be playing Wolves since Since moving. Yeah, I think Anthony, you know he's going to be playing. He's it's bound to score be... against Wolves, isn't he? He's been on fire. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing I forgot to mention in the game. He has Same. been on fire. So, um, I, I, I'm i looking forward to that match, if I'm honest with you, uh, which is very odd to say as a Man United fan. <laughs> uh, uh, but we end the game week on Monday night at 8 o'clock on Sky Sports, Brighton versus Southampton, which... Again, I think will be quite a good match. Actually, I think Brighton start started doing something uh, a few weeks back. They got the re- got result. Obviously, they got a decent result against Liverpool in the end with a bit of help from VAR. Uh, obviously, Southampton did just lose after a second half display from Man United, but before that, they've been playing very well. And Ings is back soon. For all we know, Ings could be back in that match, and it could be a very interesting return for It'll him be as well. A great- It'll be a good game either way. Like those two teams have the potential, to, definitely to come out with W's in that game. Some big dubs. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening for all that all of you that have uh, stayed this far, and uh, we'll get this all posted up very shortly. And I hope you enjoy the, this weekend's games and listen to us next week. Have a good one. Bye bye.